The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. We are currently having a heat wave in my province. So our number one zero waste summer snack when we're out and about is an ice cream cone because we can eat all of it and we don't need a bowl or a spoon on the go that would end up in the garbage. Marissa Bergeron is taking that concept to new heights with her company called Eat the Dishes. Um, So Marissa, you are out in Vancouver. That's right. And you're the founder of Eat the Dishes. Yeah, that's right. I love this so much because I love food, like, so much. I'm, I'm huge into delicious food. <laughs> A girl food. after my own heart. I also love food. Oh, good. So, that makes so much sense <laughs> that you would start this company. And, totally. And, and you love food trucks, too, I'm assuming, right? I do. Yeah, I love everything street food related. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your company because I'm so excited for Eat the Dishes, which is an amazing name. It's an amazing concept. So when when did you start this? So we actually did a soft launch in January of this year. Oh, it's very, so very new. A, a baby, baby company. Yeah, that's right. Wow. And are you like a mobile company? Like, are you working out of a food truck or like a little stand? No. So um, we are a mobile company right now and we actually changed format. So I work out of a commercial kitchen, and we prepare all of our food there. And then depending on the venue, we either do a stand or we have access to a food cart. So we can rent a food cart if it's an outdoor event. Oh, good. So yeah. so what is a food cart? Like, it, Because you serve soup and... Yeah, we do soups and hot chocolates. And now yes. we're actually launching some dips. And then we're also thinking about doing a frozen custard type thing for the summer <gasps> and turning it into like a banana split bar. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. We've got some ideas. Yeah. Um, so a food cart is basically almost like a food truck, but it's just a little bit smaller. It's still enclosed and you would still need, it's kind of like it attaches to a truck. So almost like a trailer format. Right. Okay. And then how do you get like power to heat up your soup and keep the custard cold? As far as the food cart goes, we just use a generator at that point. Yeah, cool. Uh, there are solar-powered generators out there now, so it's all eco-friendly. The machines that we use are all electric, so we'll just plug into venues, basically plug into an outlet. Awesome. And and your main yeah. products are kind of like the the cones and the cups because that is the, the main problem with food that I have because I just want to go and eat like everything that everybody makes that looks so delicious. And then I am always stuck because I'm limited uh, if I don't have my own fork because I don't want to like, I, well, yeah, you're Canadian. So you, you know what poutine is. I'm like a pretty big <laughs> fan of poutine. <laughs> Too and, funny. And that's my boyfriend tough. is actually French Canadian. He's from Quebec, so he'd be very happy to hear that Do, you're a fan. Does he make really good poutine? <laughs> he does. Yeah, <laughs> I think they all do. It like yeah. comes with the, the territory. I think it comes with the territory. As soon as you're born, you're given cheese curds and gravy, and away you go. <laughs> Do, does he uh, does he add things to it? Like well, peas he's, we're or... both vegans ourselves, so he's been kind of a mad scientist trying to find out how to make squeaky cheese vegan. Um, oh wow! So he hasn't he hasn't hacked it yet, but he's he's getting closer. 
Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I would really like to know yeah. when he figures that out. That would be a big thing. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. We've got some cheesemaker friends who are also vegan, so we've been picking their brains a little bit. There's a whole science to cheesemaking that I had no idea about before I started looking into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, there's vegan cheese that you can get. It's made with cashews, and there's a zero-waste store called New Grocery in Ottawa, and they sell it, and it's pretty good. But it's, oh, it's nice. more like a cream cheese texture. So well, We've got this fabulous company out here. They're called Blue Heron Cheese. And this woman has literally taken vegan cheese making to the next level. In fact, we trick all of our omnivore friends and they think it's just fabulous cheese. She makes hard cheeses, aged cheeses. She does ricotta. She does pretty much any cheese you can find out there. She's done it and she's veganized it. And she doesn't even solely use cashews. She sometimes uses coconut and um, other different, different nuts and things like that. It's just, it's so cool. And it's like a full-blown cheese deli when you walk in there. So you really get the full experience that, that vegans often miss when we give up cheese. That's in Vancouver? That's in Vancouver, yeah. Nice. What part? Um, it's on Main Street, so it's kind of uh, yeah, cool. almost downtown Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I, went, I went to UVic and then I was in the Navy in Victoria. I lived in Whistler for a couple of years, so I'm, I, oh, wow. I, I miss BC so much, and especially the food, obviously. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, and, we just moved back here from Dubai about a year ago. Oh, wow. Um, I'm from BC uh, originally, so we're rediscovering everything, and there's so much that's changed since we moved away. I was in Dubai for eight years. Wow. So it's, it's so fun to rediscover all these great like food places that have popped up and... Um, yeah, I'm I'm such a foodie as I've already said. So that's what we do in our spare time. So, <laughs> what is the what is the trash like in Dubai? The trash? Yeah, like can you? Is there lots of street uh, food and level. plastic? Oh and yeah, it's bad. Oh, or? completely. You even have to buy bottled water there. I tried not to. It was really really difficult though because the water the it's just not it's not cleaned the same way, and mm-hmm. so oftentimes there's really elevated levels of sodium in the tap water and other other stuff so it yeah the trash is just it's next level and there's no there's no real such thing as recycling like I lived in the building where there was recycling in the building and then one day I saw the basically the trash truck come and pick up both the recycling and the garbage and put it in his truck so it really left me feeling totally powerless in Dubai which is one of the reasons that I moved back here because I felt like I was really part of the problem there and I wanted to be part of the solution and just kind of align my values a little bit better. Hopefully the truck had two different compartments, hopefully. Yeah, you would hope, but it it didn't appear that way. But I don't know if that was a one-off. Maybe the guy was just a terrible garbage man. I don't know. Um, (laughs) You know, I think that happens a lot. When I I worked at a hotel in Whistler like 10 years ago and the housekeeping staff would do the same thing. So we would have a recycling bin and a garbage bin in all the rooms. And I know that the housekeeping was just uh, putting it into the same thing because they're like, nobody cares, I guess. But you want the appearances that you care. That's the thing. I think it's a lot about just pleasing the public, but not, but we don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. Right. That's unfortunate. I mean, I think there are still good people who really make big efforts, but uh, yeah. But you know what? uh, It's really unfortunate. Your city has just said, Vancouver, that they're going to take back the garbage. Is it from the Philippines, I think? Right. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, yeah, we're not going to be your dumping grounds. Like, take your garbage back. And so Vancouver stood up and was like, okay, we'll take it and and burn it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's fair. I mean, it's right? our gar- garbage. It should be our responsibility. Why would we pass it on to another country to deal with? Yeah, there needs to be a but tipping point. But I wish that where... we could just not produce garbage right? anymore. I mean, that's where we should, you know, uh, City of Vancouver has said by 2040 they want to be a garbage-free city, more or less. So, like, they want to do zero waste everything. Yeah. Which is why um, I'm, I'm glad that not only my company, but there's a couple other companies that are kind of zero waste players. I'm, I'm so glad to see a lot of them pop up. Good. Because and it's about time. <laughs> yeah, good. Absolutely. And so why did you start this company in the first place? Is this because you were seeing so much of the garbage in Dubai? Completely. Well, I was a flight attendant manager, so I was traveling. Oh. You know, let's not even talk about the carbon footprint of flying. That is absolutely atrocious as well. But I was basically going to different continents, different cities. And my favorite thing to do was to just check out the street food scene. But I just noticed that every time I would eat street food, I would feel so guilty because they'd hand me, you know, a styrofoam container, a single use fork, Mm -hmm. a plastic cup. And, you know, I would eat it in five minutes and then I would dispose of it. And it just, it left me feeling really uncomfortable. So unless I prepared and brought my own jar and then Again, even asking them to put their food in your jars sometimes becomes problematic. So I just thought there's so much waste within the street food scene, and I wanted to be a positive influence in um, changing that, or at least opening up a dialogue on how we could go about changing that. Good. So yeah. That's more or less how I founded Eat the Dishes. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's a that's a pretty Thanks. good story. You know, I was just in Grand Cayman Island. Okay. And yeah. have you been there? No, I haven't. So they have a trash mountain and it's the highest point on the entire island. And you can see it from pretty much almost all parts of the island. And you can definitely see it from out in the water. And it's just a mountain of trash. And it's way bigger than anything else on the island. Like it's taking over the island. And I was just so blown away by it. And then I was trying to get a, a drink for my son. And... They came, like they they were offering them in plastic cups and then they didn't have any recycling. And I was like, everyone who comes here leaves a bit of a legacy of trash. Like people come, they take trash and they like add it to the mountain. Like that's gross. Right. (laughs) So so weird. Like why wouldn't they just stop the trash production? It's clearly a a problem. I don't know. It was was so crazy to see. Like, but let's go back to your your company because I want to know how you're making these bowls and cups. It's basically, it's a custom machine. It looks kind of similar to a, a waffle press. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we make our, we do, everything is house-made. So we make a house-made dough and our dough is always seasoned based on what we're serving that day. So if we're doing a hot chocolate, we season it with kind of cinnamon and coconut sugar and that kind of thing. Awesome. And if we're doing soups, depending on the soup, we'll, we'll you know, play with the spices and add fresh herbs and that kind of thing. So we pre-weigh all of these little balls of dough. And then we put them, we can make two cups at a time. So we place them into these two molds and they take about four minutes to cook, but we cook them on the spot in front of the customers. So everything is made fresh. And I think a lot of people really enjoy the experience of watching this little ball of dough turn into this edible cup. Oh my goodness. So, so you, you're not even, how we do it. you're not even no, like wasting any, right? Well, and that's the thing because we're a zero waste company. A lot of people have asked us to wholesale the cups. You know, I'm of two minds. I could deliver them fresh, as in the way a bakery, a smaller bakery would do, like in baker's boxes. I'm comfortable with that, but I'm not comfortable with any packaging. So we've more or less told them, you know, until we find a way to deliver them packageless and have them stay fresh, we won't be wholesaling. So we, mm. we do it all in front of the customer so that there is absolutely no waste involved. 
Yeah, because that's a big problem with with food waste is restaurants don't want to run out. They don't want to offer something like on their menu and then people come and they're like, yeah, we don't have any because 10 people just came and ordered them and that was gone for the day. So that's that's a big, important thing. Are you bringing like a big bucket of the dough and then you just... Right. So we pre-weigh it on baking um, sheets Mm -hmm. just so it's easy to grab and it's, um, you know, we're not touching it too much too with in regards to food health, safety, and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nice thing about this dough is that it can stay refrigerated for a week without Good. losing any quality. So we just make enough for the customers who are asking for it, and the rest of it can be put back into the fridge and used for the next event. Wow. So yeah, in that sense, smart. we really do minimize our food waste. So those people who are asking you for the wholesale things, like instead of turning this into a wholesale company where you're using lots of containers and packaging, could you right. could you maybe do like a franchise and then kind of sell like a food cart to somebody? So that's our that's our next phase, actually. I have a mechanical engineer who's also a friend of mine, and he's working with us now to recreate this machine in a... We want it to handle a little bit more volume because, as, as I said, we make two cups per four minutes. And so we want to make a machine that can handle just a little bit more for for maybe food fest, uh, sorry, music festivals and that kind of thing, because we know that there's a lot of waste associated with that. Oh yes. But we also know that there's a wait time involved with our current machine. So once we make this volume two machine, let's say, uh, or version two, we'll probably start to franchise or at least sell the machines to companies maybe they already make soup maybe they already make stews that kind of thing and they want to reduce their waste so we'll look into selling these machines to other people and potentially franchise as well won't that be amazing i would love that so yeah, much i think so that's a really good idea and i hope that you do it Thank and you. i love entrepreneurship right so even with a, a franchise people still own it but they're totally. they're then they don't have to go out and do all the the heavy lifting the the hard work that you've done to start everything and design this machine and design the recipes right you can just like put it in a nice package Pass sell it to somebody it yeah totally and i just think the more of them out there the better right cuz yeah. at the end of the day we really do want to reduce all of our single use items when it comes to you know the food industry so the more people who want to purchase this i think the better absolutely we use upcycled napkins too. So oh. like as far as we don't <gasps> use paper napkins, we uh, work with a custom fabric company or a custom t-shirt company and basically take all of their scraps and then I, sur- I hand search all of the napkins. So everyone gets a custom napkin that they can reuse oh my in goodness. their daily life. Okay. And then if they bring it back to us and present it to us, they get a little discount <gasps> off of their next meal. So it's like incentivizing people to use a fabric napkin instead of a paper napkin. Because we're growing at such a like a, a good rate, I may have to outsource that, which is great because you know that'll be job creation for some people. Yeah, and um, and then all those fabric scraps are diverted from the landfills, and it's actually incentivized this custom fabric company to like look at their own practices in regards to like t-shirt making and stuff. Because I think it takes twenty bathtubs of water to make one t-shirt. <gasps> So they've started looking at more eco-friendly practices and they're using now vegetable inks instead of, um, Good. I think, chemical inks. So it's it's kind of cool, the ripple effect that it's had on, on this company. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing yeah. that and wondering about that little that little cloth. And you know what? If worse comes to worse and that person just throws it out after, it's, it's at least still. got delayed. And, and that's the thing. It's it's meant to, yeah, it was going to end up in the landfill anyways. At least it's, yeah. it's served a purpose because it saved one paper napkin. And then, yeah, it's been used once more than it should have been. 
ultimately. So. Yeah, and you're saving trees out there too. And that's a that's a weird issue with BC because when I was out there, there was a lot of old growth logging. That was right. so sad. So yeah. Oh, I know. Tell Good me about to save it. those paper napkins. And that's one of the last well, things. Well, and even paper napkins, people use, I looked up all the statistics, um, people use on average 2,200 napkins a year. <gasps> a person? Like one, one individual. What? A person, statistically. This was an American statistic. But I think it's probably very comparable to Canadian statistics. So, yeah, 2,200 paper napkins a year. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. Like, that just hurts my head to think about. I hope that's wrong. Well, I've seen people, you know, like, how often do you see someone spill at, like, uh, at a fast food restaurant and someone will just grab a big swack of them, right? So leave them, I'm sure... Yeah, Yeah, and then every meal that McDonald's would give out, they'll throw like a handful in. A handful, exactly. It's never just one. So that's the whole like incentivization with this like fabric napkin is that you should reuse it for however you see fit. I just tell women like leave it in the bottom of your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Like use it as a hanky or like a glass. I, I wear glasses, so I use them to clean my glasses. But um, and then we also tell our customers like if you don't see that you're going to be reused like using this in your daily life, then hand it back to us. Yeah. And then we we have like an industrial sanitizer, so we just sanitize um, the napkins and then reuse them. Wow, and they're pretty too, right? I think it was a pretty fabric. Yeah, they're all different patterns because he's got all different straps, and sometimes people will like go through the napkins to choose their favorite. Some of them are like floral designs, and some of them are more like solid. The little kids absolutely love the the napkins too. They're like shocked that they get to keep this piece of fabric. So it's really it's sweet to see. Changing the world. It's amazing. Try one cup of soup at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I send a hanky with my son if he ever gets a cold, and oh, it, yeah, it has teddy bears on it because it's an, oh, a, a scrap uh, fabric, and he's happy to take it. He doesn't yeah. hesitate or anything. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. There should be no shame in that, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it's nice. It it does mean something more than a napkin. Like everything is just so boring and the same, you know? Right, I know. And a throwaway and an instant gratification and all that kind of stuff. People don't have time to sit down and eat anymore. So this no. is kind of perfect, but I kind of hate that that's perfect for that. I think it's it's important to take time and and appreciate slow living. And we yeah. just, we're like in this rat race these days where we have to be more productive and, and every hour counts. And I, I just don't like that philosophy at all. Yeah, people are eating in their cars. People are right. running yeah, into a restaurant. All the time. Grabbing. Well, and that's why I think there's like, that's why people are getting heavier too, is that people yeah. don't feel satiated because I think it takes like 20 minutes for food to hit your stomach and really like the receptors to tell you that you're full and people don't have that 20 minutes to wait. So they just, you know, keep piling it in there. And that's, I think, why we're getting heavier, Yeah, unfortunately. So how do you make vegan hot chocolate? Are you using the coconut milk? Um, no, actually, we make an in-house cashew cream. Mm. So it's a really, like, thick hot chocolate. And we don't use any um, sugar. We use dates. So we, I have wow. an amazing, and Vitamix is, I think, the best blender out there. We do everything in our Vitamixes. Mm-hmm. So those are the base ingredients and then really good fair trade cocoa. That's more or less how we do it. That sounds absolutely delicious. How much does it cost Same. for hot chocolate? That sounds like it would be expensive, so, right? Hot chocolate we have been doing for $7. Yeah. And Canadian. It's a huge cup of hot chocolate. We do a coconut whipped cream on top. That's also house made. Wow. And then we've got a customizable um, toppings bar. So we do a customizable toppings bar for both of our savories and our sweets. So when we're talking hot chocolate, we have like sprinkles, mini chocolate chips, toasted coconut, 
uh, toasted slivered almonds, a lot of fun stuff like that. And then when we do our soups, we've got a tons of like nuts and herbs and creme fraiche and all that good stuff. Depending on what kind of soups we're serving, we always like kind of tweak the toppings, but people can basically um, add as much or as little as they want for the same price. Oh my gosh, so delicious. I feel like I need to keep my mouth closed so I'm not like drooling. <laughs> Sounds so good. And by the way, Thanks. for we have a lot of American listeners, so I okay. think that's like about five bucks US, right? Which is oh, pretty right. good yeah, for like much. like a vegan, amazing, handcrafted, zero waste like cup of hot chocolate. Like that's really good, I think. Totally. And we even dip the rim in dark chocolate. Oh, um, and you can like season it with sprinkles <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's oh. a lot of fun. That's so and we good. We even change the color of our cups too with um, natural dyes. We use stuff like beetroot powder, but you can't taste it. It just changes the color. So it's just, it's kind of fun because we, we play around with what events we're doing, what season it is, and um, we can tweak our cups that way. Oh, good. You know, I have a son yeah. and I take him to different events in the wintertime, and it's so okay. much colder here in Ontario than it is out, out in Vancouver. But hot chocolate is a typical thing that you'll see people giving out for free, and it's a nice thing for kids. It's fun, right, it course. gives them a little treat, but it's always in those styrofoam from cups and so right I gotta I remember, remember that even doing like Christmas tree shopping with my parents yeah yeah so I've got to remember my own cup and then people who are handing it out are so weirded out they're like uh I don't know if I can take that you know when you ask them it's just like so awkward so I really really just want to see more of what you're doing <laughs> so much oh great well thank you so much it's just a lot of planning has to go into going out and when you're planning to eat just keeping your, your fork and your cup and your backpack, that kind of thing. And that can be quite heavy at times, too. I feel like there, there should be other alternatives out there, and more companies should look at zero waste or at least lower waste um, options. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? My, my son yeah. always says he wants to have like an ice cream bike cart. So maybe by the time he's eight, so, oh, by, so great. by the time he's older, maybe he can just like buy the franchise uh, from you and have like his own like hot chocolate totally. cart. Wouldn't that be so amazing? He's tired. <laughs> he would love that. Yeah. He, he would love it so much. Uh, the soup- Well, actually, kids are fascinated by, I think kids Good. are our biggest clientele. They love the concept. I've had kids do um, school projects on our zero waste concept. And who doesn't want to eat their dish? I mean, it's a little bit rebellious almost to, to eat your dish instead of washing it or even skipping your skip the dishes. You know, like it's, it's rebellious. So kids absolutely adore it, which is great to see. Is skip the dishes in Vancouver too? Yeah, I think they're all over Canada now. But thank God so for too. them or I wouldn't have come up with this name. Oh, yeah. It's like the opposite, but the same, you know? It's so. a riff off of Skip the Dishes. Yeah. <laughs> and you can actually eat your dishes with us. So, yeah. yeah. I've never tried that because I'm sure it comes in like so much packaging. So I, I That's don't know. That's the thing. They're kind of the anti-eat the dishes. <laughs> yeah. So with the, with the soup, do people need spoons mm-hmm. or do they drink the soup? No, because we are absolutely anti-single-use items, we make creamy soups. So basically, they just sip it like a to-go coffee. It's the same thing as like a 14-ounce Starbucks cup, same kind of diameter and everything. So it's very comfortable in one hand. You can walk and have your cell phone in the other hand like most people do these days. And then you just sip your soup and then eat the bread when it's like at a safe level. That's funny. It's a new thing. You're changing like a bit of like the thing. behavior and how people eat almost. It's cool. It's fun, totally. right? It's exciting. Yeah, it, it actually, sometimes it'll happen where someone will buy the soup from us and walk away and they'll have sips and then they'll come back and they'll say, so you can actually eat this? <laughs> and meanwhile, we've made it fresh in front of them. But I think it's just that 
that kind of like, oh my God, I can actually eat this. It's, it's kind of mind boggling at first. And it's really delicious bread. I mean, I'm, I might be a little biased because <laughs> we make it ourselves, but it's very similar to like a fresh baguette. It's got a crunch on the outside and then inside it's kind of chewy. People will come back and say, wow, you know, the soup was amazing, but I cannot get over this bread. Wow, good. So it's kind of cool that people actually enjoy eating it and it's not just a vessel you know, to help reduce waste. It's actually something that people enjoy eating. That's nice. And does the soup soak into the bread? Basically, the cup will start losing its integrity after two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. But by that point, your soup will be cold already. So (laughs) yeah, so we're comfortable with that number. Mm -hmm. And when you go to events, if people don't want to eat their dishes for whatever reason, do you take them back in a, a compost or are they? Yeah, we have a compost bucket, but I have to say that it's, very, very rare. It's a really big portion. So sometimes kids can't finish that whole bread, but then we're left with a very, very small amount. So we do compost, but it's, it's never, uh, never a lot, actually. So because Which Vancouver nice. <laughs> has municipal pickup, I think, right, if I remember? Yeah. So, so you just send it like with your home compost or something? To... Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we use our home compost bin. We've got two of them. So we've got one We've just bought doubles, basically, and one is with Eat the Dishes, and we just compost at home. But mm-hmm. um, it's not even half of the bin, so we feel comfortable with that. Good. That's nice to know that people are eating it and that it's delicious. Like, what a good way of reducing food waste is just make things more delicious. <laughs> totally. And even with our soup, we use all of the the vegetable peels and stuff like that. We We clean them, and then we make our own stock as well because food waste <gasps> yes. is such a big part of waste and I think when people talk about you know living a zero waste lifestyle they sometimes forget that food waste is a massive issue as well so yeah yeah we use every part of the vegetable every single part so it's we amazing. make our own homemade vegetable stocks and then with those vegetable stocks we make soup so kind Good. of a closed circle there so I read a little while ago that Live Nation is looking into reducing their waste and, and plastic at concerts. So oh, very cool, yeah. You do a lot of events as well, right? I do. So what kind of events are you going to? So we do a lot of farmer's markets. We do some smaller catering gigs. There's quite a big vegan population in Vancouver, vegan and vegetarian. So we do a lot of vegan and vegetarian um, festivals. We also did a zero waste festival, which was really cool, uh, two weekends ago. Cool. I hope that uh, I hope that you go to like a concert or something because it's nice to get food at those places, but hard to get like even close to low waste, right? Yeah, and it's like harder to bring like your own forks and stuff into concerts. It's like completely kind of weird, I guess. Don't Don't always (laughs) pass through security properly. Yeah, I know that's really our plan because at the end of the day, once you leave a concert and you look at the venue or the grass that you've been standing on, just the amount of you know napkins and and plastic cups and that kind of thing. It's, it's shocking. It's the same thing in the airline industry. Uh, that was another turning point for me. It's just you walk onto these pristine planes and after a seven-hour flight, the amount of garbage that, that humans leave behind, because everything is single-use on an air, airline, unfortunately. It's so, but, um, so brutal. And the, the worst absolutely. part is when a, a steward will put water or coffee into the plastic cups on a tray without anyone asking for them and then they'll walk down the aisle being like would anyone like this I've already poured it and it's like why would you pour it nobody asked you (laughs) no exactly I don't know what airline it is but I know that recently one airline went zero waste 
Yeah, it's a weird name. I can't smaller, remember the name of it. Right. But I just think, well done. You know, that's a that's definitely a sector that has to be looked at because the amount of waste produced, um, at least on my airline, was just un- unbelievable. Yeah. And I think it depends on where they fly in, what happens to it, whether it gets burnt or it gets... Right. There's all recycled. these different regulations and that kind of thing. Um only certain countries would recycle the, you know, those mini cans that are often served on, on flights. Only certain countries, a lot of countries in Europe would ask that we separate the cans from the rest of the garbage. Yeah. Um, but not not every country even had that regulation. So a lot of the times they would all be mixed in and it was really hard to do and really hard to, to digest that, that that's happening daily, if not hourly. Yeah. Or by the minute, so. probably, if you look at all totally. the... Yeah, it's really scary. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, it's so inspiring to hear why people do good things. Right. And it's interesting to hear that, you know, this came from kind of a bad thing and you're doing such a good thing out of a bad problem, you, you know? Yeah. Nice. Well, I think if everyone just, you know, does their part, honestly, the world would be a better place. I know that the statistics out there are so overwhelming, especially the industrial sector, I think, is responsible for so much more plastic waste than than any consumer but we still that doesn't mean we can get complacent about it we still need to make you know do baby steps at least in our home you know make your own shampoo or or make your own cleaning products bring your mesh bags to go grocery shopping you know there's all of these zero waste grocery stores that are popping up in Vancouver and it's just so refreshing to see that I don't I can bring my glass jars and not be looked at funny or be questioned for an hour about why would I ever do that, you know? So mm-hmm. it's nice to see that people are really trying to to change the way we shop, the way we eat, the way we wash, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So is that what you do in your own life? Like, are you pretty close to zero waste? I would say, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm low waste. I'm certainly not perfect, but we make our own toothpaste. We make our own cleaning supplies. We go to we've got two stores we've got nada and the soap dispensary and they're both downtown vancouver and there are zero waste grocery stores so you bring your own jars you bring your own mesh bags and uh, you can shop completely zero waste there that's awesome yeah that's really cool and we also we uh take transit and we we bike everywhere pretty much i mean we do own a vehicle but that's solely for the purpose of eat the dishes so we really really try to use it just for work and um if we're doing something for play, then we take transit or we bike or we walk. Oh, good. That's what I miss yeah. so much about BC is the good weather for biking. I could bike all year round. There were maybe, there was like a week or two in January every year in Victoria where, where it would like snow a bit. Yeah. yeah. And like you could, but I, I was just like, nah, like it's going to be the time that I, that I don't. But I used to have a... Those are hibernation weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Where you just, and but driving sucks so much because in Victoria, the traffic was so terrible that it was, right. you just couldn't wait to get back in the cold biking again if you stop for a week. Right. So I had, yeah, totally. I had a truck. And the good thing about BC is that there's so many beautiful places to go enjoy what mm-hmm. you're trying to save, nature. So, right. so <laughs> I had this Tacoma and I would just leave it parked all week. And then right. on weekends, I would go up to Sombrio or Tofino or go up into the mountains or hiking. And it was like so perfect. And people used to laugh at me and be like, you can't be an environmentalist with a truck, Laura. And I'm like, yeah, but right. I, I I bike. Like I was, it was 18 kilometers a day. I was biking to work and back, which isn't that much, but there's some hills and that was fine. And I I felt really, really good about that. So yeah, biking is well, amazing. Well, you, yeah. you get your workout in too, oh, right? Gosh, so yeah. it's like, it's killing two birds with one stone. I hate that saying, but it, you know, basically <laughs> you're 
doing something great for the environment and you're doing something great for yourself at the same time. So, you know, it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a... I'm probably not as healthy now that I moved back to Ontario because the weather is just brutal all the time. It's either super, super cold and then you have like spring and fall where there's some good like weather and then the summer is like crazy hot here and humid so it's it's tough for people here to get out on their bikes and right and walk you know because you'll just be drenched in sweat or you'll be frozen um it's tough but yeah when you live on that nice coastal climate it's yeah way easier to be totally uh, sustainable it's certainly more it's easier than dubai as well um, oh, I'm also so an avid hot. runner, so I would wake up at like four in the morning to get <gasps> my run in because that was kind of the only time that it wasn't scorching hot and you wouldn't have heat stroke, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. good for you for getting up at 4 a.m. You're one of those people <laughs> <laughs> that can do that. That's yeah, amazing. not so much anymore. Now I'm on a little bit more of a, a normal person schedule, if you will, <laughs> but yeah. I was a little nutty back then. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So if, if someone wants to start something like just making their own dishes, like do you have any advice? Like let's say someone wants to Ooh. make their own ice cream cones or their own bowls for maybe well, someone has a poutine that, stand. Yeah, there's so many great molds on like Amazon or even I think Bath and Body might have some, but um, there's there's definitely molds out there where you can make your own like taco bowls. I know we we grabbed some molds. We were looking at edible cutlery for a little while. Spoons. They took way too much time, but there certainly are great molds to play around with. And you can even like make chocolate cups, that kind of thing, if you're just a home chef. So I would suggest going and investing in a couple different molds and then just playing around, doing like hard chocolate bowls. It's almost like a simple pizza dough. What we do. So if people wanted to just toy around with pizza dough and make different shapes, I'm sure that um, they could find clever ways to make bowls. I know that there was a company for a while, they had a Kickstarter and they were doing edible plates, edible everything uh, using potato starch. So I don't know exactly Mm. what their recipe was, but I know potato starch is really malleable and um, you can dehydrate it in a way that you can almost make it like a sheet of paper and write Mm. on it and everything. So... Mm. So anyone wanted to pick up that project where it left off, potato starch. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because I think yeah. I just thought that it would be like an ice cream cone and I worried about them just breaking. But it sounds like that's not what this is at all. Like it's, it's... No, it's nice because it's, it's hard enough that it's uh, like that it's not going to penetrate, but it's malleable enough that it's got a nice chew to it. You're certainly not breaking any teeth getting through the bread. Like it's really an enjoyable bite. It's not something challenging at all. Um, they have edible cups that are made out of ice, some kind of vegetable cellulose and I haven't tried them myself but people have told me that it's a struggle to get through them. They are 100% mm-hmm. compostable and 100% edible but they're just not an enjoyable bite so we really wanted to do something that tasted good too because we didn't want to have um, a lot of food waste on our hands either so yeah yeah it so sounds like you've we, got the we've, we've hacked it <laughs> yeah right yeah you've like figured it out i love this i really i really like this and i just really want to eat it <laughs> just well i can't wait try. for you to come and visit <laughs> oh i'll definitely try and make it out there at some point that's so awesome well thank, thank you. you thank you so much for coming on the show and telling me all about this this is this is really cool and i it exceeds my expectations so much um oh this is thank just you. so good and you know it's vegan and you're you're zero waste and you've got this excellent story about how you started it and i just think that you're going to you know expand and i hope that this takes over and really makes a new way of us eating on the go and and for personal chefs to do their own food creations that are their own delicious recipes but in a sustainable 
way of eating it, right? So very, very totally. cool. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. That was Marissa Berger, and she joined us from Vancouver, talking about her company, Eat the Dishes. If you like our show and want to help save the world from all this trash we're consuming, please consider donating to the Zero Waste Countdown. You can become a patron on Podbean, you can find me on Patreon, or you can donate right on the website, zerowastecountdown.com. And if you're interested in seeing a photo of our guests, you can check us out on Instagram. That's zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you want to email me, it's laura at zerowastecountdown.com. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks to all our listeners in America, Canada, Australia, Germany, the UK, and wherever else you may be tuning in from. Together, we're going to change the world. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.